This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Oh, Rush Nation, it's one of those Thursday shows again, and do we have a show for you. It's just me and Murph again. Murph, how are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, buzzing, buzzing. Christmas is around the corner, guests lined up, and today's one is pretty big, if you ask me. I agree. Guys, let me introduce you to today's guest. His name's Richard King, goes by Kingy, and he's a writer for Roto Ballers. Richard, how are you? I'm very good. How are you two? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Really we're good, mate. Stoked about this. So thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. No, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. So do you want to let our listeners know sort of who you are, where we can find you, what you're all about? Because that would be really useful. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, as you say, my name's Richard, and I got into the NFL as a result of Madden primarily, and then um, going to the international series games. Then I started thinking, oh, this is quite a good game, uh, and really got into it and started writing primarily about just the NFL to start with um, for Liz and NFL Girl UK. And then I kind of made the transition into fantasy football because it's the perfect blend of sports and spreadsheets that I look for. So then, yeah, I just got into writing for fantasy football, and yeah, I've not really looked back since. Don't blame you. Sounds no. amazing. <laughs> now, you had some uh, really big news this week, didn't you? So do you want to share that with, with some of the listeners? Yeah, I was, I was pretty stoked. I got, uh, in, I got 
my, my membership was confirmed to the FSWA, which is the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. So yeah, I was really, really happy when I got that email through. That's incredible. It's a great accolade and it's well-deserved. We're big fans of your articles. We tweet them out every week and uh, we find them really useful just with some extra stats, but we'll get into that. Um, and some of the insight that you can share with our fantasy listeners as they're getting ready to either get into their playoffs or start their playoffs. So um, I guess the, the really big thing for me that I would find interesting is we might have listeners on on the podcast who really want to start getting into the game more or want to actually write about it. They've been following it a few years, like you've been to the international series. So how did you kind of get into writing about fantasy football? Was, so what, so what avenues did you sort of start exploring as to where you could write stuff? So I literally just, um, I was quite lucky in that one of the other writers for, uh, for Liz, uh, Neil Dutton, he's, uh, he's a fantasy analyst for Roto-Viz, I think he's at now. And he kind of reached out to a couple of people and I got, uh, I got a couple of trial gigs going um, for Fantasy Football 24-7 in America. And then when that kind of disbanded, I started running for Across Fantasy Pond based in the UK. And then, again, someone I met through Liz introduced me to the guys at Roto Ballers, and I, I kind of went, went with that. So if it's something that you're willing to give it a good go, then I'll just say, reach out to someone, and by all means, you know, people can reach out to me, and I can always put them in contact with someone. That's awesome, awesome. yeah. I started writing for uh, Dynasty Happy Hour, but it was, it was such hard work writing for them, with the time difference and the way they wanted the articles written and stuff. I found it really difficult writing for them because I got designated a team, so I didn't even get to write about the team or the fantasy options I wanted to write about. And and it wasn't the right situation for me. So just for a little Joe like me to get into writing, it was pretty easy. I just I just tweeted them one day and said, look, can I, you know, can I write something for you? So nowhere near as what you've done, but it is pretty easy for you to get out there. And, and with contacts like yourself, it, it makes it easier, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would say... Yeah, you know, if 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 you're willing to do it and you just put in a little bit of work, then you can definitely definitely make a you know a go of it. No, I agree. I I literally have never written anything before, and then working with the all thirty two guys, and we've got them on in a couple of weeks' time for a little cameo appearance on the Christmas special spoiler. It's been great just to be able to write about things you're really passionate about and. A good thing about a startup site like that is they're not too particular about what you write and you don't have the sort of experiences that, that Chris does. So yeah. um, for me, it's a very different experience. My first experience into writing, I'm only a couple of articles in, but luckily I've got the freedom to write what I want. And, yeah. there. and it just gives you time to really, it's like anything, if you hone your craft, you can, you can be better at it. So I'm sure I'll look back a year from now if I'm still writing and, and be like, actually, what I wrote in the beginning was quite crap. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's quite weird. So I kind of look back at the things that I wrote when I first started and I kind of go, wow, this is kind of like, there's no numbers in it. It was just literally just kind of gut feeling like, start this guy for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I love it. So let's, let's go into then a little bit of the, the fantasy season uh, for this year. So sort of how's the season um, going so far, for, even from you, from a personal perspective and then also just from a, a sort of top level from, from fantasy. Cause I imagine it's very different to, well, from my experience, it's different to sort of previous years. Yeah. So I, last year I was in a lot of fantasy leagues and I, I kind of just found myself not really massively enjoying it. So I actually cut back a lot of the leagues that I was in. So I'm actually only in kind of five leagues now, uh, two of those with my friends from home. So, which is actually quite, 
disappointing because my, my record in one of the leagues with guys I know from home, I'm four and nine. And uh, you can imagine after nine losses, they, they like to buzz about those after each, every, each and every one. Like, I thought you know what you're doing. You're supposed to win every week. So, um, yeah, for me, the, the thing about that league is it's all about not losing because if you lose, then you have to host everyone. And, you know, that's just a nightmare because trying to get that many people in one place is like herding cats. So, <laughs> I love that, though. That's good, though, because it gives you a reason to all meet up every week and, and, and talk about it. So, so we meet up, yeah, kind of one, once a year. We kind of do you know, do the draft, get the draft board up, uh, take the piss out of um, one of the guys who always drafts really badly. Shout out to Cowhands, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's 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 a fun it's a fun league to be in. I mean, there's no kind of sense with any of it. Um, you just you know, like Aaron Rodgers will go first round, Derek Henry went second round. You know, it's just uh, oh, um, one of my friends, James, he. Rush panicked and drafted Ty Montgomery in the fourth round. <laughs> so, yeah, and and this is the league that I'm four and nine in. So you could fit, you know how I'm feeling, right? You know what? I could, I kind of compare that to poker, where the best po- the best poker players in the world are great because they can read what other people are doing. But when you've got something that's so erratic and unlike anything you've ever seen, it's impossible to play against because you just have no idea. You end up just sort of having to go with the like go yeah. against everything you've ever known because it's so random. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's so my my background I actually used to play quite a lot of online poker so I kind of make a lot of my decisions based on what I call uh expected value plays and and kind of just to sum up all the expectation but to really put this into perspective the the 8th round uh no no the 8th pick in our in the first round was David Johnson and this is a half PPR league. Nice. How does that happen? Well, what happened was Gurley went first, Elliot second, Aaron Rodgers, Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Hopkins, and then DJ. Interesting. Mind you, having said that, it's probably not, I mean, not Rodgers, but yeah. you look at people then, like Kamara, you sit there and say, well, Kamara's the better season than... Yeah, I mean, if you were drafting now, Kamara's going top three. Yeah, so... it's Yeah, I mean, I was, I was 11th pick. I got Melvin Gordon and I got Fournette on the 10. And then... Yeah. Uh, this is what I mean. This is I'm four and nine in this league, and I just when I look at my draft board, I have no idea why. We're all the sixteen, Richard. God, you can't be drafting people like Fournette in the second round when they can't play sixteen games. Yeah, well, I didn't know that at the time, did I? <laughs> surely, surely we shouldn't be telling you this sort of stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're just two idiots in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean. What do you think is likely to change in 2019 for fantasy? I know it's early, and but what can you see being a trend possibly next year? So I think what you'll continue to see is you'll see those um, kind of bell cow running backs. They'll still go early. But I think what you'll start seeing is you'll start seeing more wide receivers going early. And even potentially quite a lot. Of, I, I mean, I haven't really... At the moment, I'm just kind of running some numbers to look at historical trends um, about... Uh, replacement player value um, which is essentially looking at what a player uh, gets versus the kind of replacement line so for example a quarterback if you in, if you've got 12 teams in your league start one quarterback then you compare what a QB1 gets to QB12 and I think what I'm seeing is tight end is actually it's, it's actually I think you'll see a bit of a resurgence there because outside of Ertz and uh, Kelsey it's just not there and everyone says stream a tight end, but 
it's actually really, really difficult to stream a tight end. Yeah, I agree. I'd throw Kitzel. If, if uh, Kittle, yeah, yeah, I forgot about Kittle as well. So, so he's he's going to be my fullback. I mean, for me, next year, I'm going to be going for Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, or I'm just going to kind of hold my nose and just cry. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we we I mentioned it in an article I wrote for All32 today, how tight ends are possibly the single most valuable, important position in fantasy just because of the rarity of them. And I think next year, I'm quite willing, if I get an end of the round one pick, I think I might quite willing. I think I'd be willing to take Kelsey at the end of round one or start of round two, just because of the safety I get with that position. Yeah, see, I don't really, I, I don't hate that at all because, yeah, as you say, it's, um, it's. I think, I think you're going to see a shift, and it's literally going to be Kelsey and Ertz. I think you'll see climb up draft boards. Um, but yeah, outside of that, there's no tight end I really want to touch. No, it's, it's been crazy. So I, I've never been a believer of drafting a tight end high. So I always let the premium tight ends go off the board and, and I always will pick up someone and I get amazing value. I've always in previous years picked up someone like Cameron Bray or OJ Howard um, or Greg Olson or someone like that. And I always tend to get them, you know, round about round seven, round eight, or round nine, sometimes even later. So I'm allowed to fill other parts of my roster, but I think the, the drop-off, what we're seeing now is if you're not getting a premium tight end, then you're losing 10-plus points a week. It's like on the 15, it's 15. The differential is around 15 points, I think, between premium and non-premium. And I think that's too much to give up. Yeah, it's, it's like giving up Gurley to, you know, I don't know, even in this world, probably like a, a Jordan Howard or someone like that, or even more a week. It's just, it's just ridiculous. If you don't have a premium tight end, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So... I'm really curious about the formats of fantasy football you play. Um, what would you say is your sort of favourite format and, and why? And, and just in case we've got some sort of uh, introductory listeners who perhaps only do like redraft, explain a little bit about the format of choice. Okay, so I, I quite like a redraft league. Um, I'm in a dynasty league, but I quite like redraft because I, I just like the pain of it. You know, it's, it's more decisions. Um I kind of like in terms of scoring format. I much prefer half PPR to to standard, and I'm probably going to be writing something over the off season when I actually crunch the numbers. But when I first kind of thought about it, I think half PPR. Most people think that wide receivers actually start gaining a lot in value. I'd actually argue that it's actually running backs that do because you're able to bring in a lot more third down guys into the equation that be drafted, what you just wouldn't touch in a standard league. But as I said. I am running the numbers on that to, to kind of see if that is actually accurate or not. But that's kind of, when I first looked at it, that was kind of the conclusion I got to. Yeah, no, definitely. Where do you stand on full PPR? Or are you against full PR, PPR completely? Um, I'm okay with it. So I, I just tend to, I tend to play half PPR because a lot, you know, you get some people who say, no, you can't just give someone a whole point just for catching a ball. Um, whereas a half PPR kind of just balances it out because... You know, I think in in PPR, like you, you, you kind of need to reward players that do just get a lot of reception because they are they are valuable to like your NFL team. You know, if you've got like a Larry Fitzgerald who's just getting reception after reception, that's valuable in the same way as a downfield threat like uh, uh, Cooper is. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just trying to get that balance between the two. I agree. I mean, they're different games, so I think with full PPR, it's a little bit easier to predict 
um, the players you want to pick because you can look at target numbers regardless of yards. It's much easier to find someone who's going to get seven receptions for 70 yards than it is to find someone who's going to get 70 yards off you know, off the field because it could be game script. It could be things out of your control. So I think the full PPR makes it very strategic, but slightly easier to, to play in some regards, whereas I think the half PPR or, or zero PPR. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how much how much effort you want to put into kind of setting your lineup each week. If you don't want to put that much effort in, then standard's okay because it's essentially just going to come down to touchdowns and looking for that kind of touchdown upside. If you're willing to put in a lot of work into kind of like reading a few injury reports and things, then PPR's definitely the way to go because you, by giving a point for a reception, you're kind of negating as much power to scoring a touchdown, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Do you think, I think full PPR though makes bell cow running backs even more valuable? I mean, you've got Gurley and Kamara this season and with being a full PPR, it's almost too much. I mean, you've got Gurley rolling out sort of an average of 27-ish points, I think, this this season. And at half PPR, it sort of nerfs the top running backs. Because if you're at the end of the first round and you, you don't get a, a stud running back, then you're already conceding points on a weekly basis. And half PPR... PPR sort of nerfs that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. But you, yeah, when you mention those guys, you need to mention Christian McCaffrey, who's an absolute draft steal if you got him no, this, no. this year. Agreed. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing Richard. I'm playing a um, an NFC South team. So purely, okay. I was in Copenhagen. Um, I'd done a draft for our listener league, and I had had a few beers when I did that. Um, and I was in a hotel room on my own in Copenhagen. And I was like, okay, I'll do another one. I was, I was there for work. So I wasn't there with like my wife or anything. And I'm sitting there I'm like, okay, I'll just do another league. And I just had this random idea. I'm only going to allow myself to pick players from the NFC South. Not anyone else. No one else in that league is playing to that format. It's just me. Um, I just felt like it. So I took, um, I took Kamara at one and got um, McCaffrey at 19. So yeah, that's gone well for you. It has, but then at wide receiver, I'm absolutely dead because I'm having to play people like DJ Moore. Funches. Yeah, Funches was on my squad for a while. Uh, Ridley. I have absolutely no premium. <laughs> my, my three running backs were Devonta Freeman before he went down, and then I handcuffed him with Coleman. I've got absolutely no wide receivers in that league at all. And, then yeah. I've, got play, and I've got to play a uh, NFC South defense as well. So again, <laughs> that would can you not just play no defense? Uh, it's just one of those standards sort of NFL automated. I don't know anyone in the league, but um, I'm currently, I think I'm going to make the playoffs. I'm going to scrape in. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to win the league, but I think if I get to the playoffs with that team, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty. I mean, I've actually, in one of the leagues I'm in with uh, the guys at 99 yards, I, uh, I only rostered a defense last week. Wow. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just basically decided I didn't want one and just thought I'd see how it goes. And I'm 10-3 and three in that league. So you played the whole season with no defence at all? You just had that? <laughs> yeah, I rusted one last week. <laughs> wow. But yeah, outside of that, I just didn't didn't bother. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just I, I basically just went quite um, gung-ho in the, in the draft. So, like... We start two running backs. We've got two flex positions where you can put a running back. And I've got James Connor, Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, Kerryon Johnson, Josh Adams, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, Spencer Ware. Did you draft Josh Adams and Spencer Ware? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. I was going to say that is foresight. <laughs> but, I mean, if I, if I could do that, I don't think I'd be 4-9 in the other league. 
No, very true. So moving on, like, how do you work out your strategy for the season in fantasy and what do you do to prepare for your drafts? So I kind of, as I say, I think my background in poker, I kind of like think about strategy going into something like that. So I tend to just kind of go in without kind of thinking of any one strategy is going to work. So, you know, if you're, if you go into a draft thinking, I'm going to, I'm just going to draft running back, running back or wide receiver, wide receiver, you will come out of that draft with a team you hate. You just need to choose the best player you can try and tear up as many players as you can so that you're picking on tiers rather than actual individual players. Because at the end of the day, you, you know, you don't, you don't win your league in the draft, you lose it. Yeah, I like that. Be fluid. And one of my favourite podcasts, they, they talk about being fluid in the draft and constantly moving with what's going on. So. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, you can do as many mock drafts as you as you can. Uh, the I don't know if you guys have used it, but the tool on Fancy Pros is pretty good. You can normally... Yeah. Yeah, you can normally knock out a, a mock draft in like a couple of minutes. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty good. So if you've only got a couple of minutes at lunchtime, you can get through. I don't know, you can probably get through like three or four easily in like twenty minutes. Yeah, I was doing about ten a day before our drafts, um, just going through because it, it is so quick because it just auto drafts like instantly all the other teams, and you can play with all the different formats. Yeah, but you say it really takes like two minutes. Yeah, no, I know that, but it's really quick. So I need to up my game next offseason. But what I, mean, what I will say to you with that is, if you're going to do that many mock drafts, try different strategies throughout that draft because otherwise you're going to find yourself just ending up with a really a really similar team. Yeah. So yeah, there was I, I and also do it from different spots. Even if you know you're picking from say the seven spot in your league or the second spot, like try and try and mix it up so you can kind of see like these are the type of players that are going to be falling in this range. So you can kind of ruin their draft. A hundred percent. I I must have done I reckon probably in the region about two hundred mock drafts. And for all the different positions and in only one league, and that was that silly little NFC South team I talked about, I had the one pick. Um, in all the other leagues, I was picking in the bottom two or three every time. So all those man hours wasted on mock just about who am I going to take between a Gurley or a Bell or a DJ or anyone like that didn't have the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, just to touch it, just to come on, like the last thing I want to say, say on drafts is while yeah go into it as much as you can prepare if you if you feel like a guy is the guy that you want to watch or you just enjoy watching him then just just draft him because coming into the season no one has any clue really on where a guy's going to end up i mean levion bell was 100% the third you know the third pick second pick something like that and he has not played a single down of football yeah I, 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 I'm in 25, 26 fantasy leagues. This, and there's too many. There's a story behind it. But of those, I drafted number one twice. And I took Gurley in one and Bell in the other. And Bell has, it, it is a super flex league in which quarterbacks went round one and round two. And I took Bell number one. So I essentially picked no one at round number one and then two quarterbacks at round two and three. So yeah, it hurt. I mean, it happens all over, all over. I mean, I'm just looking right now. I'm looking at NFL.com and I'm just looking at the player list, uh, looking at running backs uh, in PPR and looking at names. You've got Gurley, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Connor, Elliot, Gordon. Everyone kind of expected those guys. You skip down the list just a little bit. You've got James White, Philip Lindsay, Tariq Cohen, Yeldon. You know, these, these are guys that you, I mean, Philip Lindsay, he was on waivers week one. In, in a lot of leagues. So 
you know, as I say, if you just, you know, if you watch him preseason and you just, you see one guy just flash, if you like him, draft him. I mean, ADP at the end of the day, as soon as the draft season's over, ADP means nothing. And ADP's flawed as well because of the amount of drafts that get autoed by people who select a draft and then don't go in it. And then the computer automatically stacks your team with a DST kicker, two quarterbacks and stuff. So quite often, ADP is actually a bit skewed on the site you're drafting. Or when you draft drunk, because that's always fun. Yeah. (laughs) But that's fun, whatever. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. Just, just the last bit on, on strategy then, in sort of looking at this, what are the top three tips you give our listeners when they're thinking about strategy for building a roster uh, in their fancy teams, so not just necessarily the draft, which we talked about extensively, but things like waivers or sort of players or stats or attributes you would sort of consider when you're thinking about building your roster? So when I'm looking to build a roster, I'm looking for... I'm looking to get my studs in as early as possible. And then my bench, I tend to put in guys that could just be something come week one. Because what you don't want is you don't want to be looking at week week two waivers and think, I, I can't drop that guy because I think he might turn into something. Because that, that then is going to kill your team. You want to be able to just say, this guy, you know, so put in a, ruck, a rookie running back and just go, I don't think he's going to do anything. Drop him. Or like, you know, if you picked up um, TJ Elgin, you could have got him in the last round in pretty much any uh, draft you're in. And then week two, he becomes super valuable because Fournette pulls his hamstring. Mm. Yeah, if you can get someone on a 15th round pick, I really don't mind choosing someone who's going to have value if, if some bell cow goes down. So I always kind of, I don't like to draft, draft handcuffs, but I kind of would draft a handcuff for week one kind of make a decision very early on and then kind of drop or not. Uh, and then towards the end of the season, I'd then start re-handcuffing if possible. But it's also, I mean, only draft the hand, only pick up that handcuff towards the championship when you know that's the handcuff. Mm. Because I think what we're seeing in LA with the Chargers is a lot of people were like, Melvin Gordon's gone down. It's Austin Eckler. It's Austin Eckler. Now, I think Austin Eckler is a <clears throat> great player. I would argue that he's actually the handcuff for Melvin Gordon because I actually think Justin Jackson plays in a very similar way to Melvin Gordon. And so he wouldn't be active if Melvin Gordon's active because you've got two guys that are the same. But in the case of, you know, if he goes down, I mean, we saw Justin Jackson came in and he he kind of outperformed Austin Eckler. I mean, as well, I don't know if you guys were there in, uh, in Wembley, but Austin Eckler stepped in against the Titans and um, he didn't really do anything. No, and and we've actually talked about it on the pod this week, actually. We talked about Eckler not being able to carry the full load and and Justin Jackson is still a very relevant fantasy ad. Um, And I think, you know, regardless, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to come back and play too much. Maybe that game against the Chiefs, potentially, but I'm not overly sure. I wouldn't risk him if you're going to be in the playoffs. So I think Justin Jackson is going to have massive upside for the for the championships. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a Melvin Gordon owner in quite a few leagues and I'm not expecting him to play this week. I think that they'll probably target the, the Kansas City game because that is a big game for them. Um, and that actually comes off a short week. So if they're not sure on, um, on Melvin Gordon going into Sunday, then I think they'll just rest him and get him ready for Thursday night. Championship week... It's a tough one, isn't it, against uh, Baltimore? So I, I, you always have to start your studs. So if he's available, you have to put him in. But I don't know if I'd necessarily be happy with it. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. On a, on a side note, on handcuffs, obviously with Connor not playing this week now, who is Samuel the man to go with in Pittsburgh? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. I I've, I would one hundred percent try and add him if he was if he's available. Yeah, I mean, obviously this guy's this is it's Thursday today, so waivers are processed. But if you're in a league where people aren't really paying attention, go and grab Jalen Samuels. <laughs> oh, definitely, because actually in some in I think on ESPN he actually has tight end elig- eligibility. Yahoo, yeah, Yahoo, Yahoo, sorry, yeah. So, yeah, if you if you're in Yahoo, then you should have, you probably should have picked him up a couple of weeks ago because with the the landscape of tight ends, it's not very good. So, if you can get essentially a running back in your tight end spot, then even if you've got Ertz or Kelsey, you know, you, you're going to give him a run for the money. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Hang on, it's really key, and it segues quite nicely onto what we're talking about now, which is the the actual uh, fantasy championship playoffs. And one of the main reasons I, I wanted to get you on uh, this week is a lot of people week 14 are starting their playoffs with some buys and some of the others are sort of win or lose and, and in scenario. So I'm really keen to, to, to pick your brain here for the sort of strategy for the playoffs, both as roster management, and we've talked a little bit about this, but expanding on it, and then also sort of your, your game management um, and kind of how that all comes into fruition. So, yeah, I guess in terms of like your, your coming into the playoffs, it's, it's essentially one and done. So you need, you need to beat out the, the team that you're going up against. So at this point, no one on your bench should be kind of a mediocre player if you're in the playoffs. If you've got uh, John Brown, drop him. Like he's straight droppable. You want to have players that just have Huge, huge upside. So, you know, I'm talking handcuffs for major running backs. So if a handcuff isn't owned, um, you know, so Spencer Well will be owned now. But like Malcolm Brown, arguably Chase Edmonds Malcolm after the touchdowns. Sorry, Richard, uh, just a bit of breaking news. Malcolm Brown is out for the rest of the season with a clavicle injury. Oh, don't pick him up then. <laughs> Straightforward. John, John Kelly it is. Uh, well, John Kelly is, yeah, that's the type of guy... You, that's if you've got him on your bench, then you've got the opportunity because in, injuries happen all the time. Yeah, and especially there's a scenario here. I've been trying to paint to listeners that the Chiefs could clinch the Rams. The, oh, sorry, the Rams could clinch very early, sixteen or maybe even seventeen, the number one seed, because you know the Saints have a much more difficult schedule, so they might rest Gurley in those weeks to and, and give their running back a number. There will be two a few more carries, so. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You have to realise at the end of the day, the NFL does not care about your fantasy team. So, you know, if if a team clinches, then I would straight away start looking towards backups because they're the guys that are going to be getting played. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, who are the fantasy relevant players that the listeners might be able to pick up to win their playoffs? So, I guess, yeah, just kind of start with quarterback. I mean, that's good, good a place to start as any. Um, I quite like Lamar Jackson, but I think that's just because I like new and shiny things. Uh, Lamar Jackson, with the, with the Russian numbers, he, um, yeah, he just gives you that flaw. I mean, he's not really done anything in terms of passing, but he's actually put up decent numbers. Oh, Richard. Hmm? Oh, he, yeah. he can't throw a regulation-sized football. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. I mean, look... I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at his game breakdowns now. So against Cincinnati, he threw for 119 yards. Oakland, he. I oh know that's rushing. Sorry, my bad. He threw 150 yards against the Bengals, 178 yards against Oakland, and 125 against Atlanta. And he has yet to score less than 15.9 points from my scoring. 
let me ask you a question here because this week's part I talk about Josh Allen. Who would you rather have? Would you rather take Lamar Jackson or would you take Josh Allen? I mean, are you actually being serious? I, it'd be it'd have to be uh, it would have to be Jackson every day. Yes. Really? Why? Is, so what, I mean, you talked about is what about Allen, who's outscored him in the last few weeks? I don't. I don't want anything on the Bills. It's like it's, it's it's literally that simple. I mean, if I if I drafted um, Shady McCoy, then I feel like I almost have to play him, but I don't want to. I, I um, him in three leagues, I've dropped him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just don't. I don't want to play any Buffalo. Any, there's no. It, it's no one on that Bills roster that I'm like. Yeah, definitely needs to be owned now. Yeah, Allen is an intriguing option with with his rushing numbers as well, but I just. I'd much rather shoot for the moon with um, Jackson. I just think that his playoff schedule is a lot uh, easier. You know, he's got Kansas City this week, Tampa Bay next week, and then he's got the Chargers, who probably might have, you know, they might have got their playoff berth by then. So I just think, give me all of it. So, so quickly, sorry, uh, Richard, this is very selfish, but in my dynasty league, I need a win this week to get into the playoffs. And I've got Matt Ryan and Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm thinking of playing Jackson. Is that a bad idea? I, I haven't really done my projections yet, but I don't feel like that's a bad idea because if you look at how Atlanta are playing, they kind of look like they're just shipping it in now. Yeah. I mean, against Baltimore, which admittedly is a really tough defense to go against. 131 passing yards and one touchdown. It's not good. No, no. I mean, I know he's, he's, he's going up against Green Bay, who uh, I'm a Green Bay fan, and I, I don't know if you guys have read it, but I, I did a, a, I wrote an article about Green Bay, which... Um, when I kind of did the uh, the investigation into it, it kind of made me really, really sad after yeah. that, we're, that we're so far away from being relevant. Um, but I just don't think that the Falcons are necessarily, yeah, going to be a good matchup. Now, I'm going to say that and Matt Ryan's going to go for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns. Nice. But, um, but I, so I've actually got this exact scenario in one of the leagues I'm in. I've got Jackson and Ryan and I'm starting Jackson. Well, Richard, we're gonna we're gonna either live or die by that boat together. I think I'm just gonna lock it in now. I've decided. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a bad play. We talked about Matt Ryan this week, and the one thing that, that gives me any hope with with Matt Ryan, and and again, I'm in a position where I'm considering actually dropping him completely, as I said on the pod, is um, I I do think they could play for their coaches' uh, lives. I, I don't think Dan Quinn's at risk, but. Um, Steve Stark and he he could be at risk and I think it depends how much they value the, the coaching staff and I think that's what's going to be sort of the X factor that can't be evaluated with numbers but yeah I, I can't blame the, the player at all to go with Jackson even though he can't throw a football so. <laughs> don't need him to this is this this is kind of the, the, the messed up way fantasy football is is you know I can rush 10 yards and score the same as if I passed all 25 that's how messed you know it yeah if they that's the way my scoring works. Um, I mean, if that's how you guys work as well, then it just means that, you know, you can, you know, it becomes, who's who's better in real life, Tom Brady or Dak Prescott? Mm, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, when you look at it, they're separated by four points. Yeah, it's yeah. not a big spread at all. So I would just like to point out that my preseason rankings, I had Brady at 13th at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And he's he's pretty much locked on at the moment. I mean, I just think, Go back to draft season, just really quickly. If you're looking at quarterback, wait, 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 and then just take someone who runs a lot. That's 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 what I, that's what I would do, generally. Good to know. So that's the quarterback position. 
what about some some running backs that uh, our our listeners can can pick up or or look at for their options to to help them get through the fantasy playoffs and and hopefully win their leagues. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this hoping to pick up a running back that's going to win the league, then I would say you've lo- already lost it because there's there's going to be no one out there on waivers. No, yeah, that's true. Um, if, if yeah, if you if you don't have a decent running back coming into this week, then um, yeah, sucks to be you. Kind of, uh, you might be able to get Legarrette Blunt, uh, who's got a matchup against Arizona this week. Which, if Kerryon Johnson misses time, which is semi expected, then I think Blunt's a definitely a good option against Arizona. You just seem like they cannot defend against running backs at all. Yeah. So moving so, away from the wasteland that is running back, what about wide receiver? Wide receiver, I kind of like. There's there's a few guys that I like, um, but I don't know if I'd necessarily put them in my team right now. So I quite like Mike Williams with Melvin Gordon being out. I think that Mike Williams is actually a decent-ish ad, but I'm not going to be putting him in this week. I'll probably put him in against Kansas City in Week 15 because I just want to see what he does this week. Reason being that if Melvin Gordon's injured then the Chargers can't really run the ball in and they're still going to make red zone trips. And I think as a result, they're going to have to look for a big body. Antonio Gates is there, but I mean, you know, stationary cars move quicker than Antonio Gates at this stage. Um, (laughs) So Mike Williams is a big body and I think he's just got touchdown upside. Outside of that, I mean, you've got the Carolina guys, but it's really sketchy playing any one of those because... You know, DJ Moore's doing well, Curtis Samuel's doing well, and Christian McCaffrey's obviously there as well. And I think I think it was Jason Moore from Fantasy Football has said the the enemy of great is good. And so you're not gonna see any great production because you're gonna see good production from a few guys. I agree. I also think Cam's hurt. Cam's hurt. I mean, did you see he got pulled out for the last play? Yeah. Um and he's it's his his plus thirty yard throws are gone down his rushing plays have gone down um yeah he just i mean i think he missed some time uh or he had the shoulder repaired didn't he i think through surgery and yeah i don't know what happened to him in that last game so i'm gonna keep an eye out for injury reports um because I, I actually haven't had a chance to look at any yet um i watch i watch the game being buccaneers fan so he just he just doesn't look right at the moment health wise and um i do think that helps someone like curtis samuel because he's not going to get the ball massively downfield. And I think where Christian McCaffrey is the obvious option, um, he's good on those jet sweeps and uh, trick plays and reverses. Um, Curtis Samuel, he gets used in a lot of those and screens as well. So I think he's got, for me, a bit more upside than more. Even though I do really like DJ Moore. I think he's a great player. So Yeah. Uh, going to that game, the, if, if Adam Humphreys is available in your league, you should definitely pick him up, especially if you're in any type of league that rewards receptions. I agree. He's on. A, he's, he's on a really sick run at the moment. Like I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't really understand it going into it. I mean, I think with Howard being injured, everyone just kind of went. Cameron Brate's the guy. He's going to get all of those receptions. But actually, some of that you've seen has been funneled towards Humphreys. It's, it is what happens in Tampa. Um, I think it's all started from when Winston got back. So he has sort of a favourite trio of receivers, um, and those favourite trio are uh, Mike Evans, obviously Adam Humphreys, and, and Cameron Brate. And, you know, as I've, I've sort of said time and time again, Humphreys will never get you over 80 yards, but he is a red zone threat. And the way that Tampa are balling at the moment in terms of getting touchdowns, as they have already season, um, he's always a good option because he'll get 
four, five, six receptions, but he's also a touchdown threat as well. He's five in six games now for him. So, and yeah, I mean, New Orleans next. Yeah, I mean, Winston, since he got dropped, he's definitely looked different when he's come in. His depth, his average depth of target is a lot shorter than it was. He seems like seems like he's kind of realised that he's not actually kind of invincible and he's not guaranteed anything in this league. You know, if you get dropped for Ryan Fitzpatrick, then that kind of says something to you. <laughs> you, know, you, you cannot just go, oh, I'm just going to sling it downfield and see what happens. So, you know, It also helps with wearing a visor, Richard, because he wears a visor now so he can actually see. Well, there you go. That's, that's the way forward, isn't it? I'm not even joking. I wish it was. He's got this magic visor that stops him from throwing turnovers. Um, yeah so any other wide receivers I can think of David Moore might be an interesting ad if he's if he's there I mean I know he you might be able to just pick him up because he had like nothing against um, against San Francisco but you know he's a he could be a league winner for you Um, I I don't think there's anyone worth owning in Green Bay um, who's going to be available I mean I just dropped uh, Valdez Scantling um, in one leagues I'm in Zay Jones I mean he's been getting more involved recently he's got touchdown upside so yeah I mean I'd rather have someone like that than uh, a John Brown because a John Brown's not going to give me anything what about Dante Pettis yeah I mean yeah Dante Pettis is a great ad as well to be honest I mean he he's um you know he looked he looked really impressive last week against uh, Seattle and there's not actually just there's just not a lot of receivers out there. I mean, you've got Garcon, who could just be Gargon at this stage. You know, he's just, there's nothing there. You know, I just think, yeah, so especially he's coming against Denver, which you'd go think, oh no, I better avoid that. But I mean, Chris Harris Jr. just injured himself. And from the reaction he had, his season's done. So, yeah. you know, Dante Pettis, you, you look at it and you go, oh, he's playing against Denver. It's not Denver. Just put him in. Yeah, no, completely agree. So, I mean, I would ask you to, to pick out a tight end that you think's going to help, but there's no such thing this season. It's a wasteland. Unless you're playing Yahoo and Jalen Samuels is available. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you, again, if you're looking for a tight end, just uh, just close your eyes and just click one. Yeah. And that'll probably, that'll probably be a good shot. Yeah, that's, that's the best advice I think anyone can offer right now. I agree. Yeah. Um, so what's the biggest pitfall that you've fallen into and that you can advise people to stay away from in, in fantasy and championship? Week one production isn't season-long production. Don't get into this mindset of, you know, I can't drop this player because he's just he's done really well at the start of the season because the start of the season is not now. And kind of vice versa. Don't come into, you know, towards the end of the season just think, I can't have this player on my team because he sucked week one. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that's a, a really good bit of advice because we've all done it and it's a good thing to learn from. As well as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, ADP, after you've drafted, ADP means nothing. If you drafted, you know, Trey Burton in the seventh round, that doesn't mean you can't drop him. No, for sure. Like I said I've dropped Shady and I picked him up in the third round in so many places. So uh, I'm with you on that. All right, just to sort of finish off then this sort of strategy on the championships and giving our listeners the, the ways through to, to winning it. What are the sort of keys to success? Um, that is going to help them win their leagues other than what we've mentioned? Is there anything else that we've got to miss that are missing from that key sort of toolbox to help win? So I think one one thing is, as I said, it's, it's kind of every game now is going to be won and done. So when you're looking at start sits, you really need to look at, don't look at like necessarily your team, look at the other guy's team and look at the type of guys that he's fielding. Because 
you know, I had I had a couple of questions this week um, on Twitter. Who should I start, Aaron Rodgers or Jameis Winston? And I, my immediate reaction was, well, who are you coming up against? Because if you need kind of a floor play, then Rodgers would probably be your guy because he has a tight range of outcomes. But if you need, if you're going against someone who's got Gurley in their team, and you don't have one of those massive stud running backs, then you need Jameis Winston because, yeah, he could he could put up three points, but he could put up thirty, and that that's kind of that would be my advice to someone would be have a look at who your opponent's going to be playing and try and block your opponents on waiver ads. If if you've got someone who you know, they, let's imagine you're coming against uh, Melvin Gordon owner and you know he's going to be wanting to pick up a running back. This is actually a really awful example. Um, <laughs> then then just and if there's any type of serviceable running back for this week, just pick him up just to stop him having him. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that. I try and do that as much as possible. I picked up Spencer where everywhere as part of my waiver claims last week. And yeah. There was a lot of angry people <laughs> in my leagues. One, I'm not in the playoffs and I'm well out and people are like, why'd you pick him up? And I'm like, it's good. It's available. It's not yeah. on the Friday. I did it on the Wednesday in the waivers. You should have thought ahead and picked him. Yeah. I think as well, if you, if you're coming into this week, what, I, what I've been kind of been telling people to do all season is if you are, if you've got guys that have, that are on your bench that you're not overly you know, needing, try and, pick, try and drop him and pick up someone who's yet to play. Uh, you know, that's like, kind of like that handcuff. So you know, if, if you get a running back who goes down in one of the late Sunday games, then boom, he's already on your roster, the yeah. handcuff, you know. That, that would be kind of, that's kind of where I, where I stand. I just, just try and go out, block people while still trying to maintain your own preparation and putting that your own team. No, wicked. That's awesome advice. Um, yeah, I think this has been really useful for, for listeners just to help get them through to, to winning their leagues and to give them a bit of extra advice, not just from the players, but some of the tactical elements. Because I think it's sometimes people just think, oh, well, the team with the best players win. But I think I see so many more cases where the team scoring the highest points don't always win leagues. So um, yeah, it's good to get some outside insight from from someone who's been doing this for quite a few years and writes about it with, with such passion. So sort of on that then, Richard, why don't you tell people where they can find your articles, your Twitter handle, where they can sort of get some additional insights from you and perhaps even reach out to you and get some more tips and insight. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at rich King FF. I love interacting with people. So if you ever got a question, I'm happy, more than happy to do start sits. Um, I've actually got a couple of mentions right now where I'm going to have to go through these after after we've recorded to help help a couple of guys. As I say, I write over at Roto Baller and on my profile, I think I've got a link to my work. If not, then I'll probably put it up after we've after we finish recording. So that you can go on my Twitter and you can just find all of my work that I've done to date. Yeah. And I'll, I'm always happy for a conversation on Twitter. Oh man, yeah, yeah, well, it really is, and. Uh, I really like your um, your red zone numbers that you do every week for sort of people to look at and their red zone percentages. It's really useful to me. It's another statistic that people don't really cover widely or look at. So seeing who is sort of up in, in red zone targets and who's who's down and sort of who's paid. So I, I really like that you write every week and I tweet it out for everyone. So if you haven't been reading it, then follow my retweets out of Richard's articles. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I will say on that is 
uh, I think you mentioned it as well when we, we spoke uh, privately, is you'll see that I, I kind of try and choose players that are not necessarily massively owned or you, know, you can pick up on waiver wires because you don't need me to tell you that Todd Gurley is a great red zone weapon. You need someone who's kind of like off the radar. Oh, yeah, that's wicked. He does, because I asked him, like, oh, why is this person doing this? Like, <laughs> trying to pick someone different, and that was why. So uh thought I'd ask. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great article that is really useful. It gives you just another dimension to think about, and it's something that's not covered in the mainstream, which is what I really like. I like unique information, and that's why I was really keen to get Richard on, because he gives you that unique perspective. So give him a follow if you aren't read his stuff it's really really worth it not just those pieces but the passion projects he mentioned like the packers is a really good article all i can say really is is thanks so much for for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure and, and a lot of fun anytime it's, it's nice to speak to brits about fantasy football doesn't happen all that often so well you're more than welcome anytime kingy and if if you'd like to come back on sort of towards draft season and and just to give us a bit more insight we would really appreciate you coming back on yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take you up on that, definitely. definitely. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to be doing kind of... My draft prep will start pretty much straight after the <laughs> straight after the, the real draft. That's when I'll start kind of looking and crunching numbers in my projections. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, it's gone so well. I think I'm just going to end the podcast on the recording because why not? Yeah, I think I think it's been good. And yeah, we might even get you on sooner, Richard, to, to share some takes because... Uh, you're an interesting fellow you, you write about a lot of interesting stuff so i might grab you in when we're trying to fill some shows in, in february march or, or or the like so um but thanks so much for coming on absolute pleasure and yeah let's let's end the podcast here because i think we'll ruin it if we keep talking <laughs> yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me let's uh let's get out of here and have some beers i agree absolutely rush nation don't forget keep rushing HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.